Hi everyone, I'm Maddie Heim and thanks so much for joining us on Inside Winona. This week I'm thrilled to be here with Trisha Werenberg, Youth Services Librarian at the Winona Public Library, aka the most magical job ever, in my opinion. In college, she actually interned for Leslie Dahlke, uh, the then children's librarian who then took over as director of the library, and now she herself has been in the role for three years after coming back from a library in a small Wisconsin town. Okay, so what was your favorite children's book as a child, and what's your favorite children's book today? I'm just curious if it's still the same one. Um, my favorite children's book as a child was a book called The Day Jimmy's Boa Ate the Wash. Um, that was a really funny book for me to read as a kid. It's this boa constrictor that kind of pops up out of nowhere and keeps eating stuff, and the kids on the farm are so confused. Um, so I made my mom read that to me multiple times a day. Um, but my favorite book now, I generally choose ones that's um, fun to read to the kids. So my favorite one that I like to go to now is called Not Quite Narwhal by Jesse Seema. Um, it's about a unicorn that lives under the sea and thinks that she's a narwhal until she finds a group of unicorns and realizes she is a unicorn, not a narwhal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like narwhals are really popular these days. Oh, <laughs> the kids love narwhals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I feel like, um, you know, people kind of have this idyllic picture of what a children's librarian does, you know, just like getting to read to kids all day. Um, and I'm curious about how that matches up with, you know, what your actual job looks like day to day. Yeah. Um, well, I do get to read to kids, but that is surprisingly a small portion of my job. I actually do a lot of things at the library. Um, I do the book ordering for all of the collections in the youth department, and I order at least 150 new books every month. So that's looking into those books, making sure they're quality, that sort of thing. Um, I also do a lot of desk work. So when kids come in and they need to find a book or parents have questions or we have ESL learners that come in and need to find books that will help them start to speak English. Um, Knowing those developmental properties is always good. Um, I also do a lot of outreach, so I'm also kind of around town a lot, Um, going to schools, Head Start, um, trying to get the library's face in as many places as possible so people recognize that we are a welcoming place and we want them to come in and they get to interact with someone face-to-face. So I do a lot of outreach as well um, and just a lot of advocacy work for the library as well. And then, of course, I do get to do the programming, which is always fun, um, where I do get to read to kids, but then I also have to plan and implement um, a lot of large events, as well as programming for toddlers through teens. So it's all-encompassing work, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate, because that's crazy, I just, it's crazy, you said 150 books a month that you're ordering? A month, yes. Wow. Yeah, so that's for, like, board books, picture books, beginning readers, chapter books, YA, all of the age groups that we serve in the youth services department. Mm-hmm. So it takes a large chunk of time to make sure we're getting good books in the right. library. Right, yeah. How do you determine like what books are the best books? Well, I do a lot of research into um, reviews that have already been done, but I also try to pay attention to what um, patrons are asking for, um, what's been going off the shelf more recently, what topics we've been asked for. Um, So I do try to pay attention to what people are asking for in addition to reading reviews and um, scholarly reviews of the books as well as Goodreads reviews because they'll tell you what they mean. Um, (laughs) They will not mince words in those reviews so then you really know what the book is like. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a fan of Goodreads and I know, yeah, yes. you're right about that. They're not afraid <laughs> to tell you, which is good for me because then I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned programming and it is kind of ramping up to be this summer. So if you want to talk a little bit about um, what summer programs you have available for kids. Sure. So the summer reading program starts on June 3rd. That's the first day to sign up for the reading portion. Um, And then the programming portion starts on June 10th. So the reading portion of the summer reading program, the kids can sign up and they will get a log. And every time they read at least 10 minutes, they put a sticker on their log. And then when they reach the end of their rows, so in total, it would be 50 stickers, um, they would get a prize. So there's five rows, which means there's five levels of prizes they can earn throughout the summer and they get to read whatever they want. We don't dictate what they have to read. Um, So that's part of it. And then the programming portion, we have stuff going on almost every single day. Um, for all ages. So we have um, programming for toddlers, elementary age kiddos that get to do STEM programming, hands-on stuff. Um, We also have teen and tween programs too. So we have um, programming for all ages. It's all free. Only a few things require registration. There's also Read with Rover. If they want to come and read to a therapy dog, they can come for that. Um, And then some of our bigger programs too. We have a Comic-Con that's coming up July 13th. That's good for all ages, kids and adults. So we have lots of stuff going on. Our website has all of it. Our Facebook has all of it. We try to keep everybody as updated as possible. Yeah. And I'm sure people too can just swing by the library if they want to uh, find out more. There's stuff going on every single day. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. I totally did those summer reading programs as a kid and I loved them so much. So (laughs) they are super fun. How many people do or how many kids do you usually get participating in them? Uh, By the end of the summer, we generally on average have about 1200 kids registered. Yes. And we do a partnership um, out at Kids First that's over by Maplewood Townhomes and they we give them some of our logs and some prizes so they can run the program out there too. So that's kind of awesome to be able to get that reach. So we're very thankful for Kids First staff being able to help us with that. too. Yeah, that's really cool being able to spread it around. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so what's your favorite of all of those summer events? I know you probably have a whole whole bunch of that yeah. you like, but I I love every single one of them. I don't like to do programming that I don't feel passionate about because then the kids will know. Um, they can call out anybody who is not really caring about what they're doing. So I try to love everything that I do. Um, but I guess if I would say my favorite one, I really enjoy my story times because I get to hang out with the kids and do um, funny, silly bits and songs and all that stuff. But I think my favorite for this summer is going to be Early Explorers. It's for toddlers and they get to do a lot of hands-on messy stuff. So we're going to do spray chalk outside and we're going to build our own spaceship and rocket ship and lots of really cool things that they can work together and get a little bit of sneaky learning in there early to, <laughs> early literacy learning but they don't know that they're learning they just think it's fun so mm-hmm. i would say that one's probably one i'm most excited to do this summer yeah nice and i'm gonna go out of order on my questions because that led almost into one of my other ones um what to you is the right age for kids to get excited about reading i would say to start reading to a child i would say immediately um they pick up on a lot and reading every day to your child helps them to build their vocabulary so we do actually have a program at the library called 1000 books before kindergarten and it's a passive programming that families do on their own time the only deadline is kindergarten otherwise they can do it whenever they want um, just to try to get families to be reading to their children every single day to 
not only build their vocabulary skills, but also to build their love of reading. Because the more that you read and the more that you see those around you reading, the more you start to think of it as a normal thing and you like it. Um, so I would say start reading to kids as soon as they're born. Um, but I think the age that kids get really excited is when they get to start picking out their own books. So when they're getting to that kind of toddler age and they get to pull the books off the shelf and pick their own book, I think they start to get really, really excited at that point. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I'm going to tell a quick story of a former coworker who yeah, worked here, definitely. Tesla, which I don't know if oh, you ever yeah, met Tesla. Oh, yeah, Tesla comes in a lot still. Yeah, yeah, she told me that um, her daughter, when she was um, just, I think just a couple of months ago, was asking her, you know, why do you read books with no pictures in them? Um, and she said, well, when, when you know all the words, then, then you can, you don't need the pictures. You can read all the, you know, all the words on the page. And then she got really excited and yeah. wanted to start picking up more words and stuff. And I just, I think that's so cool. So yeah, yeah it really, a lot of, um, a big piece of getting kids to love reading is to model that behavior for them. And the more that they see someone that they love reading, the more that they equate that with a good feeling and knowing that it's something that they would like to do too. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. Now, have you seen any effects of, you know, increasing screen time in the kids that you interact with at all? To be honest, I haven't seen anything that I've thought like, oh gosh, that screen time is really getting those kids. Um, (laughs) But I think that it's because I know that libraries especially, and I know that schools are doing this as well as they're trying to figure out ways to use that technology for your purposes. So we have um, apps that I'm aware of that are great early literacy apps that can be used with the kids so that they still think they're getting the iPad to you know have their screen time and play, but they are doing things for them too. Um, so I think it's kind of just the balance of figuring out ways to use that technology because we know we're going they're going to use it regardless um to use that in a positive way yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense for sure so we were talking before we started recording about you know taking over for leslie dalkey um who then became the library director um so what was it like you know stepping into her shoes and then how have you tried to make the position your own Um, Leslie made it extremely easy for me to feel comfortable. Um, She made herself available to me all the time. If I had questions about anything, she made sure I knew that I wasn't bothering her. If I wanted to just run something by her or ask her opinion, because she's kind of, I mean, she's done it for so long um, that she really is like the expert in that department. And she knew all the situations that might come up for me. So it was nice to be able to have her to um, go back to and ask questions. And she's she did such a great job in that department too. It was really easy to just kind of slide right in there and continue things she was doing and then build on it um, and make it my own too. Um, I, I've mentioned that I really like to do the programming and that's kind of been something that's been important for me is to build that up to bring kids in Um, They were coming in before, but um, programming is always kind of a fun way, especially our teen programs. Um, I've really amped that up as much as I could since starting because I want to make sure that teenagers feel comfortable coming into the library um, and that they have their own space and that they can come and hang out with their friends at the library and come and participate in these programs that we do. So that was one thing I did to try to make it my own was to kind of see where I could help fill in some holes, um, because Leslie was very, very busy. She was doing a number of things. Um, She's a rock star for sure. Um, So she did a lot of great things, and there were some things that you just can't overflow your plate sometimes. So it was nice to come in that I could take those things and then 
fill in some of the um, age gap holes that we were missing. Yeah, absolutely. What was the biggest learning curve for you? Was there anything that that you didn't expect you would deal with that you ended up having to deal with? Um, I don't know. It's a bigger library than where I had started. I started in a really small town called Amory, Wisconsin. It's got about 2,900 people in it. Um, So I started a very small library where I was doing all of the things. I would do children's programming, but I also was doing reference work and uh, tech support and cataloging and all of these things because it's a small library. Um, So when I came to Winona, it was a little interesting to get used to having time to take care of those other parts of like outreach of children's programming and um, being able to do a little bit more advocacy work and some more marketing work for the library um, to have time to do that because I wasn't doing all the other things that make a library run. So that was a little bit of a shift for me, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. Probably a welcome shift. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so I wanted to touch on a little bit something you had said at the very beginning. And I know that um, when you guys celebrated National Library Week, it was that theme of libraries make stronger communities, which I love. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I know that you guys have really pushed that as a library as a yes. whole, that it's, yep. you know, more than just books. Yes. Um, but how do you see that playing out in your role specifically? And, you know, what do you think kids need from, from their library? Um, for me specifically, I think um, when kids come into the library, we want them to feel welcomed. We want them to feel like we want them there. Um, we don't want them to think they have to come in and be quiet and sit and read a book. Well, that's great. Um, I've also tried to make the library a destination for families. Um, We have a lot of imaginative play toys that kids can come and play pretend and interact with each other, which is also really awesome is that they get to see other kids and interact with them even before they hit school to try to build that um, social emotional base. So um, we learn all of their names. We connect with the families to try to make it feel like a welcoming place for them when they come into the library. So I see that playing out in my role specifically by making sure that all the families that come into the library know that we want them all there and that we care about them and that we're there if they need us. Yeah, that's so cool. I really love that. (laughs) Um, And then my last question is just, you know, is there a favorite moment of your job so far that is that has stuck out to you or anything that's felt really meaningful like an interaction with a kid or something like that yeah oh gosh probably so many (laughs) i am known around the library as like the emotional person (laughs) so things happen and it just makes me cry in two Mm -hmm. seconds it just does not take a lot for me at all um i guess this one was fairly recent and it's just so adorable and it was one of those instant cry moments that you know that your efforts to bond and be there for a kid are working um after story time one of the little girls ran over to me gave me a hug and then gave me this sheet that said trisha is great in all capital letters except for the last t was a tiny tiny t (laughs) on the side of the she had run out of room um and so she hugged me and then she said so you always remember what you are and then she ran away and i was like wow Yeah. So that was one of those instant cry moments where it just kind of pulls it all together of what I'm doing and what we're doing at the library matters, that we're connecting with people and that they feel safe when they come to the library and they feel welcomed. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Trisha, for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Inside Winona is a product of the Winona Daily News and the River Valley Media Group. 
We want to bring you great content like this every week, but we need your help. You can support Inside Winona by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we're adding more each week. Better yet, consider becoming a Winona Daily News member. Whether you get the paper online or on your doorstep, your membership in the Winona Daily News supports local journalism. You can subscribe online in minutes by visiting winona daily news backslash subscribe now.